Uh, the children need to go down. Yeah, if they're still in. All right, kids. set my timer on. You know, I never want to go over the hour. Well, how do you follow Chris Nichols, hey? <laughs> how do you follow that? I think Tommy Cooper's been reborn, don't you? And what, he's a modern, ver where are you? He's, not a, he's a modern version of Tommy Cooper. Well, Chris has talked about Christmas and all that's going to happen. And five weeks today, I think, is Christmas Day, isn't it? Five weeks today. And it's been a busy week in our house. Um, the stuffing for our Christmas meal is made and it's in the freezer. Um, two puddings have been steaming for about 10 hours all day. And I believe um, a, a very posh, a different Christmas cake is on the menu. A Nigel Slater one. I don't know how I do it, but there you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I've got a word I want to share with you today. Um, it really spoke to me some, well, a couple of months ago, actually. Oh, well, let me start the timer. And um, if you'd like to turn in your Bibles, shake the dust off your Bibles, or open your telephones to Luke chapter 6, verse... Where am I treading on? Oh, sorry. Hi, God. Um, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. You got it? Everyone got it? I'm going to read verse 37, so there's a little bit of context to it. Jesus said, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and it will be forgiven you. These are the attitudes as Christians that we need to have. You know, the attitudes we display are so important. If I'm forgiving people, I will be forgiven people. I will be forgiven. But then he goes on to say this, and this is the verse that hit me. He says, give, and it will be given you. Give. We've heard a lot about giving already today, haven't we? Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. I had thought about getting a volunteer and, and doing a demonstration, but I didn't want Chris to get drenched. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. When I was sitting in my bed reading that, and I had one of these wow moments. You know what a wow, one of those wow moments when something really hits you? And I get a lot of wow moments um, when I'm sitting in bed. And I said, there's something here. And I felt God was trying to say something to me. And it was this, I think, blessing and growth, healthy. I mean, who wants to be blessed as a Christian? Who wants to have no God's abundant life that we've been singing about? You know, who just wants the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Whether we feel we're in the valley, you do, Bev, that's great. Whether we're in the valley or on the mountaintop, we just want to live that steady life full of, uh, of praise to God and live in a life worthy of his calling. And I realize that blessing and healthy growth is connected to the measure that I give out. Yeah? Blessing and healthy growth is connected to the measure I give out and the measure I use. It's conditional. It's action. It says, with the measure you use, 
it will be measured to you. I want a full measure. Does anyone want a full measure? I want my cup to run over. And God is saying, I've got to use. It's connected to me using. It's connected to me being active. And Mark 4 takes it a bit further. Listen to this. He says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Yeah, we got that. And to whoever has will even more be given. Are you up for that? Even more will be given. And then it says this, oh gosh, whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. And I thought, Lord, there's a key to something here. You're showing me a key to something. Uh, what are you trying to say? And I thought he was saying kingdom people are giving people. They're not focused on themselves. They're not focused on their own needs. They're not focused on being blessed um, and everything like that. They want to see people's life ch lives change. They want to see the kingdom um, built up. And then I saw a bit more, and it was this. It was like passivity. Is that a right word, Lawrence? Can I, is passivity a good word? Thank you. Passivity can kill the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. In my, if I'm sitting on my backside and I've got a God bless me mentality, um, etc., etc., you know where I'm coming from? It just destroys the work of the Spirit um, with me. I've, you know, I've seen many people, because I've been around the block a few times now, that I'm 55 plus, and it's a big plus. I've been around the block. I've seen so many people fall by the wayside, and this isn't a criticism, but they've lost the excitement that they had in their Christian life. They've stopped growing. They've stopped being fruitful. Something's gone wrong. And I think one of the key reasons is that they've not been active. They've become passive. You know, oh, I can take church or leave it. I, you know, this sort of thing. I can take life group or need it. I can do it on my own. It doesn't work to do it on your own. You know, they want, some people I found, they want to be served and not to serve. And I thought, don't ever let me get like that. Give me a good kick up the backside, Chris, up my spiritual backside, if ever <laughs> I become that. So I want to ask a question. What measure are you using this morning? What measure are you using this morning? And does it matter what measure you're using? But God promises that as we give out, he will pour back a hundredfold. What a measure. You know, it's better than, is it these club cards you have? You spend a hundred pounds and you get a few points. But with God, as you give out, he pours back into your life. Hallelujah. So that's what, do you get the drift? That's what I want to talk about this morning. What, what are you using? What are you using? What measure are you using? And uh, I just got three thoughts that I want to share with you. Yeah, it's a three-point sermon. And I, some of you, some of you groaned on you when you hear the word three-point sermon. But if you've got a problem with that, God bless you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God bless you. Okay. Time's getting on. First point. Our God loves to give. Our God loves to give. He loves to bless. He loves to give and give and give. So just a few thoughts on what he's given. He's given us his son. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us 
gifts. He's given us blessings galore. And we could go on and on. He's given us his Holy Spirit. John 3.16. It's a well-known verse. Do you know it, Chris? John 3.16. Oh, look, he's looking at that. We all know it. And it rolls off the lift so easily, doesn't it? That we can just take it for granted. But sometimes I've, I'm discovering it late in life. I just need to stop and meditate on the verse. God so loved the world that he gave. <laughs> we could stop there. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The ultimate gift. God gave the ultimate gift that whoever believes in him should never perish but have eternal life. Why are we clapping and singing this morning? Why are we dancing? Why are we going sort of crazy? Because we've got eternal life and we know the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And we've got a good God, a God who is so good, an abundant God. He gave us his son. It's in God's nature to give. And then we can go on. He's given us his Holy Spirit. Acts 2.38 says, um, you know, when Peter on the day of Pentecost, he said to the crowds, you know, when the miracles were happening, and repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. The Holy Spirit is the gift. This is another gift that God wants to to give us, and I just want to get over that God wants to give us so many gifts, so many blessings, if we will receive them. Acts 10 goes on to say, the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles, when, you know, to the non-Jewish people. God pours, doesn't just give, he pours, he pours out abundantly. Gosh, I sound like that guy on Strictly Come Dancing there, abundantly. Um, <laughs> Not that I'm watching it particularly. So God has given us his son, the ultimate gift. He's given us his Holy Spirit. And if you can read in Ephesians 4, 8, you know, the great verses about gifts. He's given us apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so on. He's also, Romans 12 goes on to talk about the gifts of teaching. Because, you know, I'm not a prophet. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a whatever. I'm a bit of a plonker, really. <laughs> but, um, you know, we can all encourage. We've all got something to give. I'll come on to that later, perhaps. We've all got something to, um, to give. He's given blessings galore. I mean, Paul couldn't really contain it and... Um, probably couldn't really express it, but in um, Ephesians 1 to a very famous, you know, another well-known verse, he says, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. doesn't mean the pastor, doesn't mean Nick or Reese or Dawn or anyone else. It means we're all blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Hard to see it sometimes though, isn't it? when you're down in the valley and life is tough. So he's given us his son. He's given us gifts. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He's given us blessings galore. You know, what a wonderful father we've got. I just wonder if some of us perhaps need to re a reboot. Is that the right word? To, uh, to 
change the way we think about God. You know, perhaps it's because of experiences or you don't feel you're good enough. But God is a loving Heavenly Father. And I've said it many times. He has got no favorites. And he loves you to bits. He do love you to bits, he do. Hallelujah. You know, we have a good dad. He wants to abundantly give. Um, abundantly give. Abundantly bless. Abundantly pardon. And he wants us to know abundant life. Thank you, Father. What a great dad we've got. Hallelujah. So, our God loves to give, yeah? Point number... Thank you, Natalie. Point number two. Receiving and giving go hand in hand. Okay, let's just unpackage that a minute. Matthew 10, verse 8. Oh, this is exciting. You know, if you want to stand up as I read this and go woohoo, you can. It says... These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or any, enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come. And this is what he instructed the disciples to do. The raw disciples. Heal the sick, raise the dead... Cleanse those who have leprosy, and woe, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And uh, the disciples, I mean, they didn't have much clue really at this point, did they? They, you know, they had, some of them had the most, in that time, what they, they were from Galilee. They had the northern Galilean accents, which wasn't, you know, they were rough, crude people. But here they were. They've only just sort of come into Jesus' company. They've only just become his disciples. And he's sending them out and saying, oh, go on, heal the sick, raise the dead, do this, do that. Can, can you imagine them? You know, perhaps if they went home to somewhere or they met some mates. And what has your day been like today? Well, after my croissants this morning, uh, we went out on the streets and uh, we prayed for a few sick people and they were healed. Oh, and then we raised the dead person. And then we cleansed the people who were leprosy. And then we drove out, load, load the demons, and brought um, freedom to lots of people. That was a typical day in their life. Gosh, how fantastic. But the point is, they gave away what they had received. Jesus, you know, they didn't meet Jesus and have a good bless me up and go back to their boats or their work, whatever they were doing. They were instructed, freely you have received, freely give. And that really speaks to me. You know, I'm getting to be a wrinkly old prune in my old age. But um, Hayden, as long as you're capable, keep on giving. Keep Whatever it actually means, because we're all different and we're all individuals, aren't we? Keep on giving. Receiving and giving go hand in hand. But then my mind turned to the fact that he doesn't just say keep on giving. He says, freely you have received, freely give. Now, many years ago, well, not that long, I was probably in my 20s, and um, I remember we were at some, no smirking, I can see you. Um, I was at a, con you know, life was busy. We had three kids, etc. a stressful job. 
weren't rolling in money or anything. And I can remember saying to some great speaker at some conference, oh, I need prayer or something. Actually, I'm touching on an area Alan Hewitt touched on. Wasn't he good the other night? Oh, gosh. And um, uh, what am I talking about? Oh, yeah, I was at this conference. And, uh, oh, you know, my Christian life is so boring. Uh, I'm stuck. Nothing's happening. I don't know where we're going. And, you know, I think it was Andrew Jordan, Belinda. He challenged. Oh, it was down in Answered Prayer House. Um, Anyway, um, in Somerset, uh, how much time are you spending alone with God? Um, You know, how much time are you spending cultivating your relationship with God? You know, I didn't want to hear that. I did not want to hear it. But it's so important. We can only give out as we are receiving. As our relationship that way is right, we can continue to give out that way. And, uh, yeah, relationship is important because Jesus says, this is one of the the verses I learned as a young Christian, I think. It was John 17, verse 3. This, oh, let me, this is life eternal that I might know him, that I might know Jesus. This is true life. This is true fellowship. So keep the channels open is what I'm saying. Keep right that way and then give out and keep receiving and give out. Hallelujah. And perhaps you're thinking, oh, well, I've got too many problems. I've got too many issues in my life. I'm not in a place to do that yet. You know, one thing that struck me was that Jesus continued to give out as people were trying to murder him, as people tried to stone him, when the whole world was against him, he wasn't focused on himself. He was giving and giving. And I know we can point to many people here that are like that. Yes? Uh, we can point to many people in the church who are living examples to us of what it is to give. And sometimes we can be oblivious, perhaps, to some of the leaders' problems or the issues going on in the pastor's life, etc., etc., if they have any. Um, Whatever, you know, but they just keep on giving. They keep on giving because they put us first. So receiving and giving go hand in hand. And I've learned over the last few months. It's been a tough few months physically. Some of you know what's been going on. It's been really tough. But I've learned that I don't need to hide away. I don't need to go on a pity me. You know, no one loves me. Etc., etc. You know, you can be tired. You can feel unwell. You can feel ex- uh, exhausted. I felt I was on the edge of a precipice, but I could still, I say sit in my bed, but it doesn't just happen in my bed. You know, I could still be there and say, Lord, I just praise you. What's that word of that Don Moyne song that I'm playing over and over again? Lord, I offer my life to you. Everything I've been through, Lord, use it for your glory. You can be in the valley, but God can use it for your glory. Hallelujah. Right. That was point what, Natalie? Two. Two. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Our God loves to give, yes? What a great God we've got. Giving and receiving go hand in hand. And my last point is, it is better to give than 
oops, received. Acts 20, 35. This is one of uh, the rare times when we have an, in, an insight into the emotional nature of Paul. He'd been with the church in Ephesus for about three years, ministering to them, teaching them. And um, he makes the point of saying, um, I didn't ask for any financial support from you. I, as he was giving and giving, as he was giving into the church, um, he supported himself financially. And, he, you know, he could have taken money to the church. That's the context in which it was said. Uh, but he says, uh, remembering the words of Jesus. So he knew the words of Jesus that Jesus must have said somewhere. Perhaps he had whispered it in his ear somehow. It is better to give than receive. I need to remember that. I mean, um, it's so easy to become what I call a pastor's pain. Um, but you know, um, as I said earlier, as perhaps I'm going back, um, a lot of people fall by the wayside and because they stop giving out and stop receiving. You know, it's so easy to go home and dissect the sermon and moan about the color of the blinds and moan about the temperature and moan about that, and I can fire off an email to Chris complaining. You know, it's so easy to do that when you're not in a good place. It's so easy to blame other people when the people I need to blame is myself, yeah? Um, so, yes, Lord, it is better to give than receive. It's healthy um, to give, to give out, really healthy. Lord, I pray that you will shift the focus from bless me to use me. Yeah. I mean, it's great to be blessed. You say, oh, Lord, bless this brother, bless this brother. But I realize, Lord, bless me. The days are short. Bless me. Use me in some way. Whether it's hoovering the floor, whether it's from the front, whatever it is, Lord, use me. Use me. And perhaps you're sitting here thinking, well, what have I got to give? Anyone else felt like that? I felt like that at times. People used to say to me years ago, it doesn't happen so much now, oh, Hayden, and what's your gift? What's your gift? <sighs> I don't know what my gift is. I'm just me. Do you all feel like that? We're, we're just individuals. I don't really know what my gift is. Sometimes perhaps someone else can tell us what our gift is better than ourselves. I don't know. Um, but perhaps you're thinking you've got not much to give. Well, you have. We're all part of the body, whether with a little toe or the little finger or the shoulder blade or whatever. We've all got something to give. And unless the whole body functions together, it's not going to be a healthy, complete working body. Um, I was thinking about the um, parable of the two the loaves and the fishes. Is it the five loaves and the two fish or the two fish and the whatever it was? You know, when there were crowds of thousands of people that Jesus wanted to feed. And somebody said, that the disciples said, oh, no, this is daft. This is ridiculous. They, you know, where are we going to get enough bread to feed all these people? And uh, there's a little boy here with two loaves and five fishes. But what are they, they said, among so many people? But what, you know, we know the miracle. The food was multiplied. If you've got a little to give, God will take it.
and he will multiply it. And as you use it and as you give it out, he will pour back into your lives. Hallelujah. And then I read the other day, probably I'm reading Mark at the moment, uh, about the widow's might. You know, all, all the Pharisees, all the religious people, a lot of the hypocrites were throwing all their money into the temple treasury. And this poor little widow comes along and puts in her two mites, her two pence worth of stuff. And Jesus said, she's put in more than enough. Hallelujah. You may think you've got a little bit to give, but it's in the hands of God. It's a treasure. Hallelujah. I, I haven't got time. To, I was going to talk about Elisha and the Shunammite woman and the jars of oil. I've only got a little bit of oil. We're going to die, but I'm not. But she, she used what she got. I just want to say that God has got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose. I think that's come out somewhere already today. Wherever you are, whatever you've got, be available. Have a serving heart. Get stuck in wherever you need to get, to get stuck in. Be an example in the workplace, in your family, in the church. And as you give out, God will pour out a hundredfold and a hundredfold and a hundredfold. Yeah? Hallelujah. I've just about finished, actually, and the 30 minutes is up. So in conclusion, that's a hint for the people to come on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were so wrapped up. They were. <laughs> um, God loves to give. What do you need this morning? What does God want to give you? Remember, he loves to give. Giving and receiving go hand in hand. And it's better to give than receive. We're a blessed people, aren't we? Yeah, we're a blessed people. I asked the question at the beginning, what measure do you use? I don't know, if it, did a jug come up on the screen? Yeah, okay. And um, I've come to the conclusion, uh, it doesn't matter what size jug, for want of a better word, that you use. It doesn't matter where you are. The fact is, you know, whether we're using a little thing or a big thing, as long as we're using what we've got, please, God, don't ever, even in my older age, let me become passive, Lord. Keep me active, working for your kingdom. Lord, focused on the needs of others and not on the needs of myself. Give, and it will be given you. Press down, running over, a blessed life. And I know I'm speaking to the converted. I'm not apologizing for that. But as we go into 2023, I don't know what God's got in store for us, but I know we're in good days. We're in a good season. And um, Lord, show me perhaps new areas where I can give out of myself, where I can be used, where I can use my talents, where I can be a blessing. Yeah. We all have a part to play. We're a blessed people. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah, we're all blessed. So should we just stand and pray? And I'm not really sure what we're going to do after that. Um, oh, Father, we thank you for reminding us that you are 
are a good father, that you are a good God, and that you love to give. You love to pour out abundance, abundance, abundance is our inheritance, Lord. Not because we want to be anyone, but just because we want to be of service in your kingdom. So, Father, I pray if there are any blockages in my life, if any wrong attitudes of unforgiveness, if I've got any bitterness, Lord, that I will just hand them over to you right now. That you will bring healing, Lord, where perhaps the... Um, needs to be healing so I can be a, a, a sort of channel, Lord, swept through, clear, so that there's no obstruction, so that as you pour your spirit in, I will just be able to give it out, Lord. Lord, remove any blockages that there may be. So we just bless you, Lord. We bless you. We are, you've made us worthy, Lord. You have made us worthy. So we pray as we go into a new season just for a clean sweep now. In Jesus' name.